Happy Monday and welcome to We Heal Together. This is Cordelia. If you like this podcast and the content that's on it, be sure to subscribe to it. New episodes drop every Monday. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. My account is at Codependent Recovery. Check out the show notes for the my Instagram account and website and more information there. This week, we will be getting into things that I have personally done. So actions, behaviors, you know, just basically toxic things I've done to keep a relationship from ending. Who's excited? I feel like this is going to be a fun one. Let's get into it. In order to grow as a person, we really need to take stock of what toxic things we have done to keep a relationship from ending. So today, I'm going to walk you through some really toxic things I've personally done, and I hope that you're able to relate to them, and I hope you're able to gain something through this and point to things and think, huh, okay, I've, I've done what she did too. At the core of all the things that I'm going to go through, there's going to be a common theme or an underlying issue, and that really is my lack of self-love was the issue for all these things. The feeling that I was defective, unlovable, and unworthy. So before we get into, you know, the meat of this podcast today, I want to talk to you about a few things first. As we go through this list, that I have created. If you identify with these things, you may want to talk to a counselor or, you know, talk to somebody about codependency. Briefly cover a few things about codependency that I'm pulling from an article, and I will put that article in the show notes in case you're interested in it, in case you want to reference it, just so you kind of have an overview going into this. Codependency is often rooted in childhood when a child's emotions are ignored or even punished. Feeling emotionally neglected can give a child low self-esteem and leave them feeling unwanted into adulthood. Codependency can be characterized as a dysfunctional, one-sided relationship where one person relies heavily on the other person for approval and a sense of identity. So kind of keep these in the back of your mind as we go through today's topic. So first, I want to just give you a list of thoughts that I kind of jotted down that I distinctly remember thinking that they definitely played a factor in keeping me in the relationship. And as I read these, I want you to think about and be truthful with yourself and be honest. Be brave with me today and think, did you or have you or are you currently feeling or thinking any of these things? 
And if you are, you might want to write them down. You might want to write down the one that you identify with, the ones you identify with, or maybe you think different thoughts, but they're along the same themes. So I would recommend, again, writing those out, writing out your own list. So here are examples of thoughts that I have personally felt or thought myself. I am worthless and I don't deserve any better than this. What if everybody abandoned me? What if I die alone? I don't want to start dating again. I just turned 30. Nobody's going to want to be with me. Even though this person is bad for me, at least I'm getting some of my needs met. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he hates me, but I really don't want him to leave me. Maybe I can just get him to hate me a little bit less. Is he going to leave me? What if he ends it? Are we going to work this out? Does he want to work it out? What does he want? Why am I not good enough for him? I feel like I've done everything for him. I don't know what else to do. If we could just talk about it, I feel like I feel like we could figure this out. Those are tough to admit. Tough to admit that I thought those things. Do you identify with any of those? It's okay if you don't. But if you do, I invite you to be honest. Honest with me and honest with yourself. So I wanted to go over those thoughts first because To me, the thoughts I was thinking, I think they have so much weight and we don't give enough weight to these thoughts that come into our head every day. When I was thinking these thoughts, I was taking them as facts. I was taking them as, you know, this is absolute truth. And when we are talking negatively to ourselves, we are going to start believing it. And I think that a good place for you to start if you are in a similar position is think about the things that you're telling yourself. Because if you're telling yourself the things that I was, it's going to be hard for you to imagine ending this relationship, no matter how crappy the relationship is, because you're already selling yourself so short. So I wanted to start with thoughts, but now I want to get into this actual list of things that I did to keep a relationship from ending. Number one, I begged and I pleaded. So I'm going to, again, give you some direct quotes of what I said. Please, I'm begging you, we're married. Please don't abandon me like this. Please come home. Please don't do this. So now that I've had time to reflect on those behaviors, let me tell you what I've learned. And let me tell you why it pains me to repeat and to admit that I said those things. We should never have to beg somebody. We should never have to beg a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner. We should never have to plead with somebody. 
It absolutely erodes your self-worth. You will never have to beg somebody like I did in those examples that I just gave you in a healthy relationship. You just won't. Number two, the next thing that I did was call and text repeatedly. And then also going hand in hand with that, I checked my phone constantly. So what exactly was I doing? I blamed myself and I just thought, Okay, if we have the opportunity to talk and have a conversation, we can work through this. So my brain had been conditioned by my ex. And he had a pattern of giving me the silent treatment. And in the past, I would call and text. And I would take the blame for everything. And if I did that, things would quote unquote work out. So he kind of reinforced this this behavior where he had kind of conditioned me to think, oh, this is how I repair things. Now, I don't want to put the blame all on him. Like in other episodes, I have talked more about toxic relationships and abuse. But this episode particularly, I'm trying to focus on what I personally did to keep a relationship from ending. So I was really kind of, I mean, I was calling and texting a bunch. And number one, why it pains me to tell you and admit that I did that is you should not go down that road. It is, looking back on that, it is painful, but it's necessary for me to look back on it because it's not healthy. You should not be calling and texting somebody over and over if you really think about that. I mean, it it has everything to do with my low self-esteem in that moment and my low self, you know, I was essentially seeking validation from this other person. And I'm telling myself each time that they don't meet that need, that they don't answer that call, that they don't get that text, that I'm worthless, that I repeatedly over and over again am reaching out to that person. And it, I just, I frankly would suggest going the exact opposite way. And I know it's hard to hear. I didn't want to hear it at the time. I was extra confused as well because I was married to this person. And so I think I had a very hard time kind of wrapping my head around the fact that I could be calling and texting somebody that I was married to and that they could not answer and not respond. And so that was very hurtful for me and very confusing mentally. But I don't want to... I guess I'm just saying I understand the reasoning behind what I'm doing and I'm what I did and I'm being gentle with myself and reflecting on it but I also don't want to make excuses for it because at the end of the day I don't care if you're married to the person or who this person is if they are not answering their call your call and you're married to them and they're if they are not answering your text message. Calling them over and over and texting them over and over is not going to, it's not going to solve anything. It's not going to make you feel better. And it's just going to bother the other person anyways. And quite frankly, if you are with somebody, I'm not talking about somebody who just like, you know, is at work for a few hours and doesn't answer their phone. 
I'm talking about like in this situation, I was married to somebody and he just would like peace out for days, weeks, whatever, and not give me any communication or any answer. Okay, obviously that's really that's really crappy, but I need to have enough self-esteem and enough self-worth to not even want to contact somebody like that. Again, I don't care if you're married to that person. I don't care who this person is. You have enough self-esteem. You are good enough on your own. You're good enough on your own two feet. You don't need that person and you don't need that person to respond to your text or whatever. Look at their actions and if they are treating you like that, then you know that your needs are not aligning. This isn't a person that respects you and you need to just move on with your life. Once I changed my phone number and I filed for divorce and at this point I'm almost nine weeks no contact with him and it feels great it feels so much better I respect myself so much more and I'm seeing how toxic that was to even engage in that behavior because here's the thing let's say that tactic would have worked let's say he would have answered and come back and we could have worked things out. You know, that's only a a short-term fix. So although I would have probably been relieved in that moment because, you know, I'm I'm putting all my worth in this other person. And so I'm like, oh thank God, I'm not alone. Thank goodness he this person stayed. All my problems are are solved. Long term, that's not a solution because you know what? There's going to come another time in just a few weeks where he would have done that exact same thing to me. He would have, my needs would have been continuously not getting met. And so the sooner you realize that it's not about this other, making this other person like you, it's about making yourself like yourself enough to stop putting up with that crap. So. Number three, the next thing that I did to try to stop this relationship from ending, I refused to face facts. I was in denial about things. I was in a lot of denial about stuff. So, I mean, I was, if you've followed any of my posts or anything, you know, that I've put online, I'm sure that you know some of my story. And again, this, this, episode is focusing on me. So I don't really want to get into him that much. I really want to just say I was basically, I was hanging on to something that didn't exist. Like I I was fighting so hard to keep this relationship from ending and I was in denial about what the relationship really was. You know, I was hanging on to my quote unquote marriage, but it wasn't a marriage. Like that's, you don't treat your spouse that way. And, but in my head, I was just in denial about it. And I didn't want to accept reality. And I didn't want to accept the fact that, no, the only next step for me is to file for divorce. So I was refusing to face the facts and I was living in denial. And I think it's really important 
to always face reality in your relationship. By avoiding it, you're you're basically just living in a fantasy and you're, you're throwing away your life. You're throwing away your one shot at being happy when we when we hide from what's really going on. Number four. So another thing that I did, another, this, I'm going to call this a toxic kind of behavior that kept me in this relationship. And I, I was doing it to keep my relationship from ended on ending on a subconscious level. I'd really given up everything and all my energy and all my focus was on my relationship. So I had really like no hobbies. I had nothing going on outside that relationship. And so I think there was a really big feeling of emptiness. There was a really big feeling of grief and loneliness. And I think just to note and kind of think for yourself going forward, try to not lose yourself completely in relationships because it it makes it harder to end them. It makes it harder to walk away from them and it makes it harder to see yourself when all you've been is that relationship for so long. Number five, I had zero boundaries. So boundaries, those are going to be your limits, your rules that you set for yourself within a relationship. And it's going to be a limit that you don't let anybody cross over. I never had limits. I really didn't. I had what I thought were limits, what I thought were boundaries, but I never enforced them. So they were basically words that had no meaning. And one day I was in counseling and my counselor asked me, what are your limits with him? Like, what could he do to make you walk away? And I talked about this in a previous podcast, but that's when I really realized I had none. And the other day, actually, I was making a post for Instagram and I was looking through my old text and I searched on my text message, you know, toolbar, like the search bar on your iPhone. And I typed in the phrase, stop calling, please stop calling me names. And this is a really good example of zero boundaries. And basically, like, 50 texts came up that I had sent over, you know, like a three-year span. And they're all to this person. And it was visually just, like, kind of overwhelming for me to look at and process. Because, but at the same time, it was such a, like, wake-up call for me to, to really see, like, Worse. That wasn't, that's not a boundary. Those are just words. I was saying words, but I was never sticking to them. So, you know, every time that I was saying, please don't call me names, I'm sure by the end of it, he probably was like, um, okay, like this, this woman does not mean that. I'll, I'll call her whatever I want. So here's my tip there. Don't say a limit or a boundary unless you're going to follow through with it. And really pay attention because if you have zero boundaries, you likely have them because you have low self-esteem and also because all your worth is invested in this person 
and you are afraid to enforce them because you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this person. Number six, I accepted my partner's treatment of me. So I was clinging to this relationship despite being abandoned and despite being abused. And, you know, that, that's something toxic that I did to, to hold on to that. Number seven, I had zero self-respect. I mean, I just didn't respect myself. I didn't think that I was worthy of respect. And so if I don't even think I'm worth respect, why would I think that other people have to respect me? Number eight, this is a big one. I spent no time thinking about what I actually wanted. I said things like I would wait for my partner to figure things out. I was basically just along for the ride. I was so worried about what if he leaves me that I didn't even think about I should be leaving this dude. Like I didn't even think that I was capable of ending it because that just did not even cross my mind. Like I thought he was the only person that could make that call. Number nine, I didn't care about my own needs. I just simply did not care about what I wanted, what I needed, what I felt. I only cared about my partner's needs and feelings. My self-esteem was really that low that I thought I deserved the kind of relationship that I was in. And I should just be thankful that this guy's putting up with me. You've got to start learning like you're good enough. You matter and you have to choose not to act desperate. You have needs and you should walk away whenever somebody doesn't meet those. Number 10, I wanted to die. I was so depressed. I mean, I I truly, I didn't have anything that I wanted to live for. And I don't mean that in a dramatic way or an attention-seeking way. I mean it in a Like, I couldn't eat. I couldn't get out of. I thought that everyone would be better off without me. I thought I didn't deserve love. And I was kind of just making everybody unhappy and ruining everybody's lives. And I think it really messed with me being married to somebody and, like, having them abandon me because I also felt like, this person would, wouldn't even notice if I was dead. And it honestly, I'm like trying not to cry when I say that because it makes me sad. It makes me really sad that I thought that way and that I let myself get so low. And again, I he put me through a lot and he hurt me a lot, but I, it makes my heart sad and it makes me sad that I let myself think and talk so badly to myself, like put everything that he did aside. I was talking so badly to myself. I was the one telling myself, nobody will notice if I die. I was the one telling myself, you know, I think the world would just be better off without me. I think everybody's life would be easier. 
And so I'm telling you again, like I'm always circling back to this. The things we say to ourselves matter. And they matter so much, even in getting out of a relationship. They matter. They matter. You matter. Your life is worth it. My life is worth it. And I know that that's a little bit of a a deep one. And hopefully you don't relate to that one. But I wanted to be honest and share with you that I actually felt that way. Number 11, I felt unable to quit talking, thinking, or worrying about the relationship. It's like, it's all I did. It's all I thought about. It's all, and not in like a healthy way. I was just thinking over and over again. I was just, you know, it it was my main focus. And I think no matter how hard it is, you've got to, this kind of goes back to having other things, other hobbies, other things to do outside of the relationship. Number 12, I was gradually increasing tolerance until I was tolerating things that I never thought that I would be. So, I mean, by the end of, before I filed for divorce, I, I mean, I was just letting this person treat me however they wanted to, and it was like, it was it was like stuff that I always told myself I would never let somebody do, but I was just so numb to it by then. And so that's, that's a dangerous, a dangerous state to be in. Number 13, I tried to make my partner feel guilty. I said things like, how could you do this to me? We're married. How could you treat me this way? How could you ignore me? How could you do these things. And although I would have loved answers to those things, I think that when I asked them, I knew that I was never going to get an honest answer from that person. And I think that my hope at the time was, I hope maybe he'll feel guilty and see what he's doing to me and he will, we can work things out. And I mean, that's, that's not healthy. And so looking back, I, I, I personally, again, you don't have to agree with me on this one, but I personally don't ever want to ask somebody that again. How can you do this to me? Or any variation that I just gave. Because when I personally ask that question, I think it is coming from a place of trying to guilt somebody. Because, I mean, does it matter? doesn't matter how they, how could that person do that to you? They did it. So does it matter what their explanation is? Does that change anything? If I find myself asking that in the future, I want to be aware of it. And I want to take note that I think that I'm, I think I'm just trying to hang on to something. And I don't think that it really matters what they answer because I shouldn't want that person around. Number 14. I was convinced I needed this other person in my life to be happy. I didn't think that I could be happy by myself. I thought, I need this person to be happy. And, I mean, I, that's just not true. It's, it's absolutely false. And it's not something that you ever should accept as a fact 
whereas reality. Next, I was thinking, if I hang on long enough, this person will see the light. So it was like I was waiting him out. This is a really big one. I've heard, I've actually gotten a ton of messages on Instagram lately where people have kind of been telling me their stories. And this is kind of a common theme where everybody seems to be waiting on the other person. So I feel like this community of amazing people must have, you know, hearts and minds like mine. And so I identify with you so much on that. I would hang. I just thought, oh, if I hang out just a few more weeks, he's going to see the light. We're going to figure this out. You know what? No. That is, for anybody that's in that boat right now, no. Just saying it right now. Don't think like that and don't do that. Because let me tell you, even if you get what you think you want right now, things work out, everything works out. It's only going to work out for like a few days and then you're going to be back on the roller coaster because that person is going to do something again. And then guess what? You're going to be in that same boat hanging out, hanging out, hoping they figure it out. You're wasting your life with this person. It doesn't have to be like some abusive dude either. It just has to be somebody that's not making you feel good. Like anybody that you feel like you're just waiting around for and like hoping for that moment where everything lines up. That's not a good situation, and you you don't need to wait it out anymore to figure it out. It's not a good situation. And the last thing that I did, I was so out of touch with my emotions. I'd become so disconnected with, like, every kind of emotion, with sadness, anger. I didn't even know what to name it. Like, I didn't even know what I was feeling. So that kind of kept me in the relationship longer, and it... It was something I was doing, I think, to keep the relationship from ending because I was just kind of numb to everything. And so I didn't even really identify with my body when I was feeling sadness, when I was feeling anger, when I was feeling anything. And so it was it was hard for me to even process when people would ask me questions like, well, does he make you happy? You know, and when I think back on it, I'm like, I don't even know because how I could have answered that question at the time because I was so numb. Like, I didn't even know what happiness or any of that meant. So my big takeaway this week is, number one, when a toxic person offers to voluntarily exit your life, take them up on it. That's going to be priceless. Like, it's going to suck for you in the moment, but it's going to be priceless. And I really encourage you to be really honest with yourself. I invite you to be honest with yourself like I was here today and think about, do you relate to anything on this list? Do you do any of these behaviors? Do you do similar behaviors? And what are you doing them for? Are you doing it to hang on to the relationship? And again, this is all going to circle back to your self-esteem, your self-worth, codependency. As always, I definitely recommend exploring these issues with a counselor, with a therapist. Um, In the show notes, I am going to put a link to my website um, as well as my Instagram. But 
my website has a resources tab and it has some books on there that could possibly help you. Some like workbooks, codependent, no more. And I also have a ton of like resources in terms of organizations for anybody that's in a relationship, like an abusive relationship or anything like that. I really am so excited to be doing this podcast and I'm so grateful for everybody that's listened to it. I would really appreciate it if you subscribe, if you send it to anybody in your life that could benefit from it. I would love it if you followed me on Instagram. I've been so overwhelmed by the amount of messages and just amazing people that have reached out to me on Instagram. So I always love hearing from people and I appreciate it so much. And again, there's a new episode every week. I am so grateful for you guys. Thank you so much for healing with me and learning with me. And I wish you all so much happiness in this upcoming week.